We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tries to win it. Senior wins. The three Tigers are the Kansas Jayhawks. Everybody, to the Border War podcast, the first episode, the kickoff episode of the Border Border War podcast. My name is Jarrett Sutton. I'm joined by Jeff Hawkins. We are sponsored by 360 Vodka, coming to you through Kansas City Sports Network. Hopefully, if you guys are at a tailgate, whether it be in Lawrence or in Columbia, you're picking up some 360 Vodka for your tailgating experience. I'm super excited to get this thing started. I know, Jeff, you are as well. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks. Yeah. We're really looking forward to talking today about our, our new podcast, the Border War Podcast. We're, we're looking forward to connecting to fans, Mizzou fans, Kansas fans, mostly in, in, in the sport of basketball. We know we got some football podcasts that are hot and heavy right now with, with college football starting and the Chiefs starting. We thought this would be a good time to just kind of break down what we'll be covering in the Border War Podcast. So I'll start with you, Jeff. I'd love to just kind of you to share your experience at KU and, and just what you're looking forward to about the podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, for those that don't know, um, born and raised in Kansas, Kansas city, Kansas, um, never had any, any plans. You know, my, both of my parents, they are from Oklahoma. So they were Oklahoma Sooners and Oklahoma state fans. So I had no intention of, of landing at KU, but obviously when, you know, they start recruiting me, you know, I, I thought that was one of the, the best choices that I had. And um, uh, my career at KU was a very memorable uh, experience. Uh, I had a chance to really meet some really great, great people that I'm still friends with today. And it's just been a, a great experience overall. Um, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast for a couple of reasons, because obviously when I first got to KU, the first thing that was on my on, on the headline when I had my visit was make sure you beat Missouri, make sure you beat Missouri. So, and obviously we all know, you know, four or five years ago, we haven't been playing each other. Um, I think since 2013. Yeah, 2012, my senior year. 12, 12, 2012. Yes. So it's been a while. It's been a while since we really competed. We got a chance to compete in a charity event at the Sprint Center and, you know, when when I felt when I heard that the border war was coming back, and Jared knows, I've it's just been lighting my eyes because this rivalry means so much. There's so much bad blood between the fans, players. As Jared knows, we've always got along. We've always had a mutual respect. But just overall for the the border war itself, I'm just happy that 
that war is coming back together. And not only is the war coming back together, that we're in a, in a, in a unique position, Jared and I, to to bring more light, uh, you know, these last eight or nine years that the, the border war has not been going on, we get to shed some light back onto this uh, onto this uh, great event and just be able to shed some light and continue this this border war to make it as great as it was in 2012. So That's right. That's uh, right. I'm, I'm really excited uh, for this opportunity. I think the fans, what they can really expect is they're going to really get uh, some some very in, they're going to get inside information. We're going to talk a lot of stories about the border war, what we went through, and obviously there's some some players now at both Missouri and KU who haven't experienced a border war at all. So I think over time this is going to continue to grow, and I'm excited to be a part of this this cast at, at KC Sports Network, and uh, I'm just excited to get this ball rolling. Yeah, Jeff, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the, the biggest thing that we were talking about in, in preparing for the podcast is just what to expect. Yeah, We know there's a lot of shows out there that have the talking yeah. heads that ruffle feathers and, you know, <laughs> really appeal to the, the fans. Um, and that's that's fine. But we're going to really give you an, an in-depth look at what it's like to, number one, be a player going yeah. through some of these big games. And what a perfect time to start this podcast with Mizzou and Kansas yes. tipping off again this year. But we want to give you behind the scenes of what it's like as a player, what it was like to play back in the day, especially in your prime, Jeff, with all the great teams you were on. Uh, just had coffee with Nick Collison recently, one of your former yeah. teammates. And, and we actually were talking, too, about their mutual respect the players and coaches had for one another. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I think fans can really you know, hone in on in this podcast is, is really kind of hear it from the players. Uh, we are yeah. going to bring back some of our former teammates for interviews hopefully former coaches. We'll talk about yeah. some of those historic games that you and I got to play in. And I'm fortunate to say that I was that, that last four years, you know, of the, of the border war were my last, were my four years at Mizzou, 2008 to 2012 and just some great games. I think the rivalry was as hostile as it ever was in yeah. 2012 um, memorable games, the, the Kansas comeback and Allen Fieldhouse, um, And then Marcus Denman, another Kansas city native, uh, my teammate uh, who was uh, in my class hitting a game winner against KU in, in yep. uh, Mizzou Arena. So um, from my background, I, I grew up in Kansas City as well. Went to Oak Park High School up in the Northland. Um, proud to say that just because Ochai Baji, the current <laughs> guard, is from Oak Park as well. Um, played at Oak, Oak Park. Oak Park, stand up. Oak Park, stand up. Man. Okies, baby. Let's go. Uh, graduated in 07 and then went to Mizzou. Uh, made the team as a walk-on. For Mike Anderson, uh, rest is history from there. Was a part of the most wins in school history at Mizzou. Proud to say that. Um, I love playing in the Big 12. That's something me and you are going to talk about quite a bit. It's yeah. just Big 12 basketball. I know that's kind of tough conversation right now just with everything going yeah. on and swirling around in terms of, man, the, the football guys, man. They always carry the torch. So uh, we're going to yeah. talk about that and the, the, where the Big 12 stands and then obviously get into the ACC or, the, excuse me, the SEC uh, as well. So, Hey, Jeff, I wanted to ask you, too, like um, you're doing a ton of stuff right now, very active in the community, coaching as well, uh, doing not just one sport, multiple sports. So tell us what you're doing now here locally in KC. OK, so right now, like Jared said, I'm, I kind of got my hand in a, in a bunch of bunch of different pots. But obviously the hands that I have the, the biggest pots in uh, right now, I'm, I'm currently serving as a PE teacher at, at the elementary level at Pembroke uh uh, at Pembroke School, and I also serve as the head boys varsity coach as well, too. Um, and that's what I do for a majority of the team. And also, I have to 
to also put in there too. I'm also an assistant varsity coach for the football squad as well too. So stepping out of out, out of basketball a little bit, stepping on the uh, uh, in, inside the the field the field lines, uh, Friday night lights. That's kind of been my my deal here uh, these last couple of weeks. But um, you know, I, again, I, I'm I'm just excited. You know, very excited. Um, you know, I feel like everything led up to this point for a reason. And, you know, I've just been blessed over the years to be able to surround myself with great people and just be able to, uh, to be able to just, you know, um, have, have a solid atmosphere around me and a good support system to be able to have opportunities like this. And I don't think it, it all would have streamed from, um, it never would have streamed from if, uh, uh, I feel like if I, you know, wouldn't have put myself in a good situation to, to impact lives. Yeah. And just, I can't say enough too about like high school coaches in the area that do what you do when you have one sport, it's hard enough, but then you're doing two and there's a lot of coaches around the area that are head coaches and assistant coaches and they're involved yeah. in all different sports and the commitment uh, that is. But I, I just commend that because it's obviously you're giving back and you're making a difference and making an impact in kids' lives. So it's um, it's a great profession you got into. And I mean, just getting to know you over the years too. I mean, you're, you're a perfect, perfect fit in terms of a coach and someone that, that, young, that. Play, young players can look up to as well with your experience, man, what a, that's a weapon uh, to have in, in, a, in a school. So congrats to you I, and doing I, that. I did. I appreciate that, but enough about me, Jerry, let's, let's talk about you now, man, because you, you have some really exciting things that, and I know everybody's going to get to hear you. You'll, you'll tell them, but you have some really exciting things with your career that you're doing uh, outside of this podcast as well, too. So I'm sure everybody would like to know what's going on on, on your behalf as well, too. Yeah, so I'm uh, currently a scout with the New Orleans Pelicans. It's my uh, I'll be starting my third year here this fall uh, when we gear back up. Uh, training camp starts here on the 28th, coming up at the end of September. So looking forward to getting back to New Orleans uh, a plug into to that of just everything mm -hmm. impacting uh, New Orleans right now with Ida uh, and the Gulf Coast. So we've yep. been dealing with that um, over the last few few weeks, really. Um, so it, it's been a really an honor to, to work for the Pelicans. I work for uh, my boss, Trajan Langdon, who I think is you know one of the most respected guys in the league. Yeah. Played at Duke. I know you know that yep. name, Trajan yeah. Langdon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's, um, but I mean, he's just an incredible guy, uh, yeah. unbelievable leader, um, and really just a guy that I, I met probably four or five years ago, gave me an opportunity in Brooklyn, uh, worked for the Brooklyn Nets. I was a consultant for him, and then he got the general manager position with the Pelicans and followed him in New Orleans. Um, and I've, I've worked awesome. for him and, and David Griffin and Bryson Graham and Swin Cash, and our, our front office is, I mean, really top to bottom when you even talk about ownership. It's just a great organization to work for. Uh, they care about people. It's genuine. They're authentic people. Um, and really, they, they make my job easy. Uh, they, they make it fun. Uh, I get up every day and I'm just I'm thrilled and honored to work for the Pelicans. So we got a big year ahead. Uh, got yes. some young players, but um, we also got some some guys that are really put their stamp on the league already at a young age um, and just hired a new head coach in Willie Green. Who I've been able to yep. meet a couple of times. I know you probably know that name, Willie Green, too, yes, sir. Yes, for, sir. for several years and uh, came over from the Phoenix Suns, worked for, mm -hmm. for Monty Williams. And, um, you know, he, he always gets labeled as like a player's coach, but he's so smart. Um, I think he's going to bring uh, just a totally different dimension to our team in terms of the coaching position, uh, what we were looking for, what we were trying to identify to really help move our team forward. 
Uh, and he, he fulfills that. Um, just a, a great, great person, first and foremost, family man. Uh, really think he can connect with players. Uh, and that, that, to me, gets me real excited. So we're looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, that, that's getting kicked back up, man. Start of the year. It's hard to believe. Like, football season's great. I get so excited about college yeah. football and the, the Chiefs. And it's like, man, football's back. But you know, like, basketball's right around the corner when football starts. Practice is going to yeah. be here pretty soon. So it's going to be uh, – it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year for, for sure. Uh, let me ask you just kind of – I, I know we're just kind of trying to hit on what the podcast will be, but I, I just open it up to you in terms of, you know, the Kansas side of this uh, and the excitement right now yeah. for Kansas. I know, you know, first-year head football coach, uh, but when, I'm, when I look at the basketball program and what they have an opportunity to do this year – and I, I love Allen Fieldhouse. It's an unbelievable environment. It's the best environment in college basketball by far. But to have that building filled again this year for a team yeah. that has a real chance, how excited are you for, for that coming up this year? Yeah, uh, you know, being a, being a Jayhawk, I'm excited, you know, and obviously with COVID and, you know, not being able to fill up the sands. And hopefully, you know, once the season gets rolling again, we won't, you know, we won't have any limitations as far as uh, how many they can fill into the stands because – that's an advantage when you when you're in the field house and and you can pack that with sixteen thousand three hundred diehard crazy fans that would most likely cut off a pinky just to get into that game. <laughs> it makes a difference in, in the atmosphere. So you know, hopefully, you know they'll be able to get back into that zone of getting everybody in the building. And I had a chance to experience uh, a game last year, uh, and they didn't have you know full capacity and it still got pretty loud but it just wasn't the same so and i know uh some of those players they can feel off of that they can uh they can feed off of some of that that crowd energy so hopefully that's a place that we can definitely for sure get to who knows with this pandemic and how it's going to turn out but um I, i'm very optimistic that we will be able to have everybody indoors uh uh 16,300 um mm in the, in the, in the stands. So that, that would be, that would be obviously ideal, uh, an ideal situation in that, in that regard. Jeff, I loved listening to Bill Self. I don't know if you had a chance to catch his uh, comments to the football team when he addressed the football program and was yeah, talking yeah. about maintaining as opposed to building. And I thought that was so powerful. One for the football team to hear that. Cause I mean, you're hearing it from Bill Self, Hall of Fame head coach. Yeah. And to, to, when he, when he talks, everybody listens. So I thought it was a great message for the football program about building and, and what it takes to build. And there's there's nobody that's, you know, understood building a program and build it to the, an elite level like KU basketball, like Bill Self has. Uh, but he did that. He's done that at multiple stops in his career, yeah. right? Will Roberts, yeah. Illinois. Um, but then talking about, like, maintaining, I think, is a, is a great point because, mm -hmm. look, Kansas, Kansas is a blue blood program, right? And the Big 12 championships that Kansas has had, maintaining that level of success uh especially in today's college basketball and that's what i'm looking forward to diving in more with you too yeah. just the differences now as opposed to when you played at ku knowing that the tradition and the pageantry of kansas basketball is still you know at a high high level right the expectations are always going to be high at ku and Coach Self has just done such an amazing job at just maintaining that, taking what Roy Williams built and what your guys built, and then carrying that torch. How, how do you like view Bill Self and just what he's done 
But then what he did when, you know, Roy Williams leaves, that's a huge thing. Yeah. He leaves for North Carolina, and then he takes the program and even takes it to, to another step and another level that I think Kansas fans are, are expecting even more of that come this year. Yeah. You know what? You know, Coach Self, man, I, when, I, when I start talking about Coach Self, man, it's just it's so many emotions that, that, that just run by me because this is a guy that – when I'm on the coaching, when I'm on the coaching, uh, the court coaching my high school team uh, here at Pembroke, every it's funny because almost it feels like three out of every four sentences I'm almost quoting something that that coach self did, or I'm trying to carry my mannerisms the same way that he did. And I think one of the the, the cool things about coach self, you know, he came in, he came in in a very rough era. After you know everyone was so high on Coach Williams, you know, Coach Williams was pretty much a god in, in Lawrence. And, yeah. you know, once he went to North Carolina and Coach Self came in, everyone was looking at Coach Self like, you're not better than Roy, or you have to do everything exactly the way Roy did in order to be successful. And I think one of the the, the unique and cool things about Coach Self is that he didn't do that. He did it his way. And uh, a lot of guys, Aaron Miles, Wayne Simeon, Keith Langford, Mike Lee, myself, you know, we were Roy Roy's boy recruits. So when obviously Coach Self comes in, we're like, uh, we we just beat you in the Elite Eight last year before you got here at Illinois. <laughs> right. And now you're trying to come here and tell us what to do. Actually, Coach Self, you need to be listening to us because we already know we're just coming off of two back-to-back Final Fours. You need to listen to us. And then Coach Self, this is one thing I respect about him. He sticks to his guns. And he – and when he believes in, in his system or and he believes in something, he sticks with it. And that's what he did. You know, it was a bunch of headbutting. Coach Selfa tell you this. Uh, all those guys, Aaron Miles, uh, Wayne Simeon, Keith, Mike, they'll tell you the same. This is what it was those first that first year and a half. I mean, he would come out and do something, and then we'd go back in the locker room and be like, man, what's he doing? He doesn't know what he's talking about. We're used to doing it this way. And one thing I will say is that, Coach Self, he could have broke down and gave in. He never did. He never did. And uh, there's always a saying that it's, you know, that saying it's the it's, it's my way or the highway. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. It's Coach Self. And it's not a negative way. It's just, hey, you're going to buy in. You're going to put two feet into my system and believe it. And I'm going to give you everything I have. But if you can't put two feet into my system, I can't give you everything I have because you're not the right fit for this program. So, Coach Self does a really great job of getting his teams to buy in. And he took us a little bit longer because we came off of the Roy era. But once we got out of that, I had a, I had the opportunity to, to have three years under Coach Self. So, you know, those first that first year and a half, almost two years, I was still under Roy's, under Roy's instruction, habits. Uh, but once I kind of got over that third year with Coach Self, that about that year and a half to uh, that year and a half to second year, you really started to see it click. And then you really start to see how efficient and how I always call him a mega mind on the court because he sees it all. Like the thing that got me when I was like, man, this dude knows what he's talking about. When I, I think I messed up in a practice and it was like four or five possessions before. And he was like, Hey, uh, you did this, 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 and this, and this. And I'm like, Oh, Whoa, he got all that. Right. And that was like, five or six possessions ago, there's no way in the world this coach should remember that. <laughs> and, but that just goes to show you, like, 
Coach Self, he, he has a mind for it. He's a great, he's great, a great ambassador for the university. And I think another thing, and I'll end on this, is the, the thing that I like most about Coach Self is not what he does for his players while they're there, it's what he does for his players after him. Yeah. Coach Self always told me, he said, hey man, we're gonna get along. And we we had we butted heads a lot. It's no, it's no uh it's no hiding that. We butted a lot heads a lot, but one of the things he always told me when I was a when I think it was my senior year, he said, Hawk, you know what? We're gonna get along better a lot once you get done playing than when we play. <laughs> and to be honest, that's how it is. Like our relationship today is so great, and I never would have thought about it, even though we had some head bunts during the seasons and while I was there. As a player, you think that relationship is going to end when we get done, and it's only grown stronger each year. And uh, I just love Coach Self because he cares about his players and he cares about the university so much. No question. I think that I'm so glad you brought up too, just like the coaching change part of this, because I think that's another piece of the puzzle in this in this podcast that we can really share with yeah. with fans is how difficult it is to deal with a coaching change. Yeah. Mike Anderson left after my junior year. And man, I, you know, we, I know it gets talked about so much in the media about coaches leaving and taking certain jobs, but what they miss is the impact that that does make on the players that are there. Yeah. Um, and I know rules are, you know, in place for transfers and things like that. And so many transfers <laughs> happened this last off season. Yeah. But it's, hey, well, not, not to cut you off, Jerry, but how did, in that, tra in, in that transfer of power of coaching, how yeah. did, how did you guys handle that? How, how did you guys handle that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was so tough because we're coming off, you know, three consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. Yeah. Um, you know, we knew some things were out there in terms of Arkansas opening up. Mm -hmm. um, and Pelfrey had just been fired. And so we, we knew Coach A would probably be thrown in the fire just because Coach A was an assistant under Nolan Richardson for so many years at Arkansas. So we knew that that name would pop up. But we had just finished our season. And, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it. You know, we, we were so yeah. close to Coach A. Um, he was a hard-nosed dude. He's, he's the old-school uh, mentality, but he's also just the, the guy that you love to be around. Um, he's a father figure. And when he left, I mean, you're around these guys every day, right? Like, you see you're around these, you get to know them, you get to know their families, all the assistant yeah. coaches. Yeah. So it's almost, it just feels like, and they're, once once that decision was made that he was leaving, he came and addressed our team in the, in the locker room. Very emotional time, very emotional time because you know that's that's the end of that. That's the end yeah. of our run. And, and Coach A brought our class in. That I think our class really changed the culture, which culture gets thrown around so much in sports. Yeah. But we really did change our locker room. That group that came in with me and Marcus Denman and, and Kim English, mm -hmm. uh, Bowers. I mean that yeah. Steve Moore. Like all these guys came in. Even Mike Dixon came in a couple years later. You know that another Kansas City name that came in and it really helped change the culture. But the thing is, is when when a coach leaves, you you you're immediately left with with nothing because the assistant coaches that are going with him most likely. It it just feels yeah. like a void. Um, actually, Gary Pinkle got really involved, which is why I, I love Gary Pinkle so much. Is actually yeah, we good. did a ton of stuff with the football team because there was this period because when Coach A left, there was a lot of unknown. You know, we, mm -hmm. we didn't it wasn't expected. Um, there were many reasons why Coach A made the move and I think it was the right decision for him and his family but it was yeah. tough it was tough on a lot of guys and Frank Haith came in and did a great job that we won 30 games my gosh my senior year and coach Haith did a, the perfect job of coming in implementing his system implementing his offense but not trying to change too much either 
Yeah. Um, he already had a group of guys that he didn't have to worry about how hard we played or how you know connected we were, or how engaged we were in practice or in film sessions. Like all that stuff was already there. Uh, that was something Coach A deserves a ton of credit for. But Frank Haith really just took our program and really gave it what it needed. Uh, yeah. And that was a lot of structure and putting guys into a system that really fit their strengths. And we did that. So it, it's a really interesting conversation. We talk about a coaching change. And that was yeah. a really t- Lawrence Bowers tears his ACL going into my senior year. Not a lot of hype around our team going into that year. And then boom, we go, you know, 30 and, and four, uh, yep. unfortunately losing in the NCAA tournament. But it, what a year it was. And I'm yeah. really excited to. Talk to fans this during this podcast about the teams, where they are this year. I think for Mizzou, yeah. a lot of unknown with Mizzou right now, right? They, they lose Xavier Pinson. He goes to LSU. Um, Jeremiah Tillman graduates. Drew Smith graduates. Mark Smith transfers to K-State. A lot of new faces. Uh, yeah. One face that some locals will know is Dewan Gordon. They got Dewan from Kansas State. Really curious to see how, how he implements himself. Uh, in Conzo's program, but there, there's a lot of unknown. Um, as you know, coaches like to talk a lot about toughness and defense yeah. and defense wins championships. Yeah. I don't think there's a better defensive coach than Bill Self in the country. I think when you talk about great defenses, Kansas basketball's at the top. They're great teams. They got talent. They're near good offensive teams, but the defensive side of the ball is always kind of what they hang their hat on. And I think that's what Con- Conzo's going into his fifth year. And, and he has, you know, really put together a program. They've won. They've made it to the NCAA tournament a couple times. I think, you know, fans are wanting more. Um, but it's it's tough when there's newcomers coming in. You got it's a totally yeah. different season. There's everybody's got to learn how to gel together, come together. Uh, it starts in practice. There's yeah. so many steps, as you know, as a coach yeah. now, that, that you got to go through before you even lace them up. Game one. Uh, it's I think a lot of hoops you got to jump through to get the team. Exactly there. right conditioning we're going to get into that too we're going to talk about the boot camp days and yeah we can talk about our fastest 40 fall condition yeah. mike anderson that i don't think i'll those those days man <laughs> getting up at 6 a.m i don't I miss want to hear those hey and i'm i'm so excited to hear those stories man Ooh, man Our players might not want me to hear some of those stories exactly I'm, I'm just gonna start feeding you ideas for fall conditioning yeah. so. Well, hey, Jeff, so if you start getting anonymous hate mail Probably going to be some of my players. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're my first call. You're my first call. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Jeff. It's going to be a fun podcast, yeah. man. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. Hopeful fans will will tune in and, and be excited about basketball season. I know it's a little, few months away, but it's getting closer, man. Football's here, yeah. but basketball's right around the corner. So, looking forward to the Border War Pod. You betcha, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And you know, I really do believe that a lot of a lot of the fans will tune in um, when you start talking about this this Kansas City area. It's, it's normally a division. It's a, a Missouri or a Kansas. And I think for us coming together, it's going to allow this podcast to really take off. And we're going to really, get, like you said, we mentioned earlier, we're going to give some really good contact, up-to-date, in-depth content that that all fans are going to want to hear. And we're going to hey, and we're gonna make it fun. You know, we're going to make it fun. I still think – I was thinking about this, Jared. I think we should make a bet every year we play that – Obviously, I'm going to say KU wins, and I know that you're going to say Missouri's going to win every time. Maybe we should say the winner or the loser has to wear – like, if you lose, you got to wear a Jayhawk shirt. I'm here for that, man. If I lose, I got to wear the Missouri shirt all day. (laughs) I'm here for it. I mean, when you grow up in Kansas City, like you said, man, it's like – it's either – and no offense to K-State because I love Manhattan. K-State fans are great, uh, but – 
when you grow up in KC, man, it's like there's so many Mizzou, <laughs> Kansas stories. And like everybody I went to high school with went to KU. Yeah. Uh, I remember walking out of the tunnel my freshman year and there were, you know, high school friends of mine that were in the Kansas student section yelling my name, trying to get in my head. I mean, that's what that's what makes this podcast special, man. Yes. Kansas City makes Kansas Mizzou come together. I really wish, you know, the first game could have been down in, you know, Power and Light District, obviously yeah. with the pandemic. Unfortunately, we, you know, we couldn't do that. So it, yeah. this year it starts in, in Allen Fieldhouse, which will be a blast. Um, man, Mizzou's got a tough non-conference schedule because they got to go to freaking Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. You know, freshmen are going to learn real quick going down. That's, that's, a, that's a tough place to play. But so. you know, the cool thing about that, though, Jared, is that if you really tap back into the border war, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if KU's going to Mizzou or Mizzou's coming to KU. It's going to be a, a crazy hard-fought game, and that's what I'm excited to see, this border war come back to life and so to where we can see that good rivalry come back. That's right, man. First first ever Mizzou-Kansas game, seventh grade Hearn Center, uh, Kirk Heinrich, Nick Collison, your guys' crew, and Hearns, man. <laughs> Back I in the pre-Mizzou yep. arena, like just like oh my god, the the volume level in that place, yes. man, it got loud. Uh, just some great games we got to dive into uh, yeah. as well during this podcast. So we're excited about you know bringing former teammates back. I know, yes. I, I know I'm really looking forward to that. To just bringing a lot of the guys back to talk about what makes this rivalry so so special, man. It's, uh, yes. it's there's so many games that come to mind. The Anthony Peeler days, John yeah. Sunfield days. Like, yes. you're talking about local hey, guys. Hey, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I was a fan during those days, That's too. right, dude. That's <laughs> right. I mean, watching Nick Collison just tear people up around the block, man. Most fundamentally sound big. Yes. There's, there's yes. so many players that, like, we can both say we both respected from both programs. So it's going to yes. be a lot of fun, man, to, to talk about this. You I appreciate you, like, jumping in, too, man, with all Always. everything. Everything you got going on, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Always. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun. Like I told you before, man. Once I heard Border War, sign me up, man. Yep. I'll make some time for this. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, we'll um we'll let it, we'll let it close here. But uh, looking forward to the start of college basketball season, Thank man. You. Good luck with everything, Jeff. In you terms of football you too, and basketball. Man. Talk to you soon, bud. You betcha.